This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Welcome to episode three of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman. Thanks so much for joining us. And thank you to everyone again who has taken the time to download this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Seriously, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So since we had so much fun during episode one with my post-show pod squad, Tommy Freeze Pops and Saruti, we're going to bring them back to have a little combo later in this episode. But I know a lot of people are new to this podcast or maybe don't know what the post-show podcast was. So just to give everyone a little bit of background there, I worked at ESPN for almost three years and one of the shows I worked on was Rosillo and Canal. And the guys who worked behind the glass with me producing the show were Steve Cerruti, who now produces the Will Kane show, and Tommy Freeze Pops, who works at the Sports Hub in Boston. Uh, Tom Carroll's his actual name. And we did a podcast called The Post Show Podcast, which basically just broke down all the happenings at ESPN and what was going on with the show. And it became, you know, sneaky popular among certain people and it was a fun thing but basically it's just two of my really good friends who I want to have on to chat about nothingness so for those that didn't know there's the background on the post show pod and for those who did know thank you for your continued support and you'll hear from Freeze Pops and Saruti later but now we got to get just Freeze Pops on the line and do three random things next. Take 101 ESPN on the go with the all new 101 Sports app see the latest videos, listen to podcasts and join the conversation with a 101 Sports app. All right, so let's get into it. It's time for three random things. Tom, are you ready? Let's do it. So I'm driving into work this morning, and I'm listening to ESPN Radio. I'm listening to Gold and Wingle, and they are talking about the royal wedding. Um, the latest news with the royal wedding is that Meghan Markle's father is not going to be there. Uh, heart issues, so he's going to be absent from the wedding. Can't walk her down the aisle. And I'm listening to them talk about this, and obviously everywhere I turn... You know, whether it's at the grocery store or in the magazines or when I turn on the news or even Golik and Wingo are talking about the royal wedding. I'm inundated with royal wedding coverage. And I was shocked to realize that I don't care about the royal wedding. (laughs) And I feel like I'm the target demographic for someone that would care about this and has cared about royal weddings of past, you know, loved the Kate Middleton Prince William wedding, was a big Princess Diana fan. And there's no part of me that wants to get up early on Saturday morning and tune into the royal wedding. Oh, interesting. So it's not a royal wedding beef you have. It's specific to this couple. I think that they're a great couple. I I really like them together. It's not even that I'm anti this couple. It's just I don't know what it is. This royal wedding hasn't hooked me enough to seek out coverage of it or to actually want to physically get up and watch it. Like, sure, later in the day, I'm sure on Twitter, I'll see what her dress looked like and be interested in that. But I'm not going to seek it out like I probably would have in the past. Interesting. I mean... This goes back to my uh, thing we talked about a few weeks ago with my like people caring about what Kanye does, mm-hmm. and then Saruti brought up the fact like oh like it's to, like the royal royal family, and you know, I kind of get the the fascination with the family just because they've been so famous for so long and they have so much money and like it's so extravagant that I can see people like having interest. So I kind of understand why people like it, which is probably surprising to people if they know me like giving any credence to that type of stuff uh but i'm surprised that you would be out on this specific one when you've been in on ones in the past i know and maybe it's maybe it's just because you're like you're super busy like you still kind of just moved back to st louis maybe you're just kind of like you know in the in the grind of doing the show and you're in a different busy. headspace. <laughs> 
Um, you know, and you think that what are you I, talking about? You got a new pod. You're busy. That's on, true. Michelle. I'm busy churning short. out all this content for everyone. Exactly, um, it's free content. But you think that I would love it because Meghan Markle's an American, and Prince Harry's kind of like the you know hot young wild child of the royals. Like this is tailor made for me to care, and I just don't have royal wedding fever, and I'm very surprised by it. Is he considered a hot dude? Oh, he's handsome for sure, definitely. He's got a swag. See, to me, uh, you know, we've talked about this a lot uh, behind the scenes of the Rosola <laughs> show, but for people that don't know, we've talked about it on the air. I am very much a personality person. Everyone thinks I'm a liar. If you line up every guy I've ever dated physically, they do not look like each other at all. I do not have a type. Um, to me, it's all about your personality and your swag. And Prince Harry absolutely has the swag factor. Yeah, he's got that British swag. For sure. All right, let's let's keep it moving. Random thing number two. And this will be quick, but I need your take on it because you're the sauce boss slash food guy slash beverage guy. So sure. I drank an obscene amount of LaCroix. I don't know if we call it LaCroix, LaCroix, if we're being French. Um, LaCroix. LaCroix. I don't even know if that's the correct pronunciation. My friend Brittany, <laughs> who's a French is. teacher, will know. Um but yeah, you know, I drink coffee in the morning. I drink water throughout the day. But like if I need a beverage to supplement here and there, I'm going for a flavored LaCroix with just a smidge of lime in there. To me, it seems like a fun drink throughout the day. And as I was drinking a LaCroix yesterday, I thought to myself, is this, am I outplaying myself? Is having a LaCroix, as Chris Files, our amazing producer here, pulls out a passion fruit LaCroix from his bag and puts it on the counter. Am I outplaying myself? Like, is LaCroix, is LaCroix so 2016 and I just have not realized it yet? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I this is my take on seltzer in general. I mean, it's fine if you're making a mixed drink with it, but I don't get drinking seltzer by itself. And, like, I know you can do, drink a flavored seltzer and that's okay i guess but like if i'm drinking something flavored i want to be hit in the face with that flavor if you're drinking seltzer you might as well just be drinking water and michelle you know i am a huge water guy i mean i i am a double barrels two large water bottles in a studio guy i mean i need my hydration and i think it's very important but if you're drinking seltzer you might as well just go over to a brita get some ice in there fill up a nice cold glass of water because seltzer does nothing for me. See, I think that's, just, that's my take on it. You're misplacing your take. It's not about the flavor factor. It's about the carbonation factor. So people like that, like weird, like flavorless carbonation. Yes. Or else they just really mix in that. some crystal light to regular water. It's all about the carbonation. Mm, I don't know. It's not for me. I, I, I don't really, I'm not a flavor. I'm not a bubbly water guy. Like whatever, whatever they're like, what is it? But at the restaurants when they're like, do you want like still or stale sparkling water? Stale, yeah, that's what it is. Still or, stale water. Stale water. Uh, still, that sounds appetizing. Still or, still or, or bubbly? Yeah, no. Give okay. me the real water. It's, Give me the good stuff. It's still or sparkling. <laughs> Wh- still whatever. Stale, <laughs> whatever it is. Stale I'm or out. bubbly. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Completely out. All right. Last thing. Random thing number three. Huge news. ESPN Films and Netflix announced that they are going to be releasing a 10-part project about Michael Jordan. It's a 30 for 30 project called The Last Dance. And I absolutely cannot wait for this. I think it's going to be amazing. Everyone knows 30 for 30s is like the pre one of the preeminent things that ESPN does. It's 
sports documentaries are not done better than 30 for 30. Uh, I mean, the O.J. Simpson documentary is not, not only one of the best 30 for 30s, it's simply one of the best films I've ever seen. And I feel like a long form, really in-depth Michael Jordan doc is long overdue. And the fact that he is going to be a part of it is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see that footage. Um, but the only, only beef that I have with this is that they announced that they're doing it and it's not coming out until next year. And I am such, you know, in an instant gratification society. I want to watch this right now. I'm very bummed that they announced it and then I have to wait an entire year for it to come out. Yeah, that's a huge bummer. Like, I'm super, super pumped for it. And yeah, like you said, the OJ doc was incredible. So, I mean, that was easily the best one they've done. It won the Oscar. So, I mean... There you go. But the, the the MJ thing is going to be great. The director they have for it is the same dude that just did the Andre the Giant doc for HBO, which was awesome. Right. Uh, he's done a few other eight, uh, 30 for 30 docs in the past. Yeah, he did. He did the 85 Bears. Yeah, and the Fab Five. Yeah, which was the Fab Five one was awesome. Um, I mean, they show that those. all the time. So I'm super in on this Jordan thing. Um I, I really want them to focus on, like, his Wizards years. I hope that one of the the – Hearts is literally just his time with the Wizards. That's a super interesting time in his career that I don't think it's talked about enough. Because um, he was still like sneaky dropping like the occasional 40-point game when he was on the Wizards. I mean, Jordan's incredible. Um, but it, it got me thinking, actually, in sports, what is a 10-hour documentary that you would watch on like any topic you could pick um, outside of this Jordan thing? That's a great question um and i'm going to give the most predictable answer for me <laughs> it's um, got to be something with albert Pujols or the cardinals no or like no that. which i think would be incredible um i think it would be awesome to do a doc called cardinals devil magic that just you know chronicles like all their insane playoff runs over the past couple years and how they basically beat all these powerhouse teams like the dodgers and the nationals with essentially unknown guys you know what i mean that they developed through their firm system um but no this is actually my dream job. I would love to do a 10-part really revealing documentary on the Rams moving from St. Louis to L.A. Oh, and just unfolding all the corruption that went on behind it and how the league and Stan Kroenke were in cahoots. Starting from, I would love for it to start from where in Georgia Frontieri move the Rams to St. Louis and how Stan Kroenke was a minority owner and how a native son of Missouri could do that to his own state. And I just, I think that if you read the Don Vanada and Seth Wickersham piece on this, there's just so many stones that need to be unturned to really lay out just how shady this deal was. No, that would be awesome. I mean, yeah, kind of like a whole, a full on chronicle of the St. Louis Rams. Exactly. I think that would be super, super good. From them coming um, coming there to then the greatest show on turf to them then going 15-65, and 65, which is the worst five-year losing stretch of football in NFL history, to the team actively, the ownership actively wanting the team to lose so that people wouldn't show up so they could move, to Stan Kroenke years before buying the plot of land in L.A. and then saying that he wasn't going to put a stadium. I mean, there's so many layers to this. And it's super fascinating. And I think that that yeah. is a story that needs to be told. And you get the whole, I mean, just 
there'd be a full episode alone about Kurt Warner's come up and all that stuff. I mean, there's a lot there. Right. I think he got something there, Smallman. I, I really do. What about you, Tom? What's your topic? Uh, I mean, mine is pretty predictable, but I, I just think that this hasn't really been done yet, and it, it will get done eventually, but... Uh, I mean, a full-on Tom Brady, Bill Belichick dissection would just be my dream. I mean, especially this current situation that's going on right now where there's so much palace intrigue with all the drama that's happening in Gillette. I mean, I think this would kind of be... We're heading towards the end here, and I I was actually thinking about this the other day before the Jordan thing ended. Like, eventually we're going to get the full story of what's going on here in Gillette with, you know, at Gillette and what's going on, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing that just mm-hmm. happened. I mean, the whole story is incredible. I mean, Brady pick 199 and now he's the greatest quarterback ever. I just think that there'd be, there's so much to be told about that story that we don't fully know. Cause there's such a private organization that like 20 years from now, we might get that full story. Hopefully Belichick's still alive be a part of it well here's the good news for you is i can <laughs> pro- like old. i can promise you that there is going to be many docs made of to- about tom brady and belichick and the patriots dynasty that they're, they're that is a fact yeah and so- i'm very excited for that freeze pops sit tight we are going to dial up saruti and bristol and we are going to get the gang back together the post show pod squad i guess that's what we're calling it together again next Take 101 ESPN on the go with the all-new 101 Sports app. See the latest videos, listen to podcasts, and join the conversation with the 101 Sports app. So as I mentioned at the top of the pod, anytime I can get my guys Saruti and Freeze Pops together and do a little post-show pod reunion, I'm going to take advantage of their time. And speaking of the post-show pod, the guys are with me. Saruti, Freeze Pops, what's good? What up? Chilling, what's going on? Nothing. I mean, since this is a podcast with my name on it, I really just want to talk to you guys like every other week. So let's just book it. We're just going to basically do the post-show pod whenever you're available. Bring cool. I'm down. Yeah, works for me. I feel like I'm here all the time anyways. <laughs> yeah, I know your schedule isn't super packed, Tom, so it'll work out for you. <laughs> a lot going on. A lot going on with this one. Okay, so first things first, you know, I've mentioned this before. We have a, a pretty aggressive group chain that goes on, and You know, part of the post-show pod is we talked about what's going on in our lives, and I have a personal issue that I'm dealing with, and I wanted to bring you guys into the fold and get your take on this. So when I left ESPN and moved home to St. Louis, I moved into a grown-up apartment, and I figured for the first time in my life, it was the time that I get grown-up things. And by that, I mean, up until this point in my life, you know, even in my apartment in Connecticut, it's been a hodgepodge of things, right? Like, oh, these four mugs from Cam's, which is the bar that was across the street from my sorority house. And this table that was my mom's friend that gave it to me for free and I refurbished and just kind of a collection of random furnishings throughout my house. So I thought to myself, when I move into my apartment, I'm going to buy a grown-up couch. So I spent months looking at couches online. I was like, do I go comfort? Do I go, you know, aesthetically pleasing? And I ended up buying on sale, mind you, because the price was outrageous. And we'll get to that later. This incredibly beautiful Chesterfield couch. It's, you know, Mm. tufted. It's black on the front. It has a white backing, wood little, you know, leg stools. I don't know what you call them, whatever. But it's a beautiful, beautiful couch. And I'm obsessed with it. And when you walk into my apartment, it's the first thing you see. And it kind of greets you like... Hey, a grown-up lives here, right? Well, currently on the couch are some 
hodgepodge of pillows like you know this one from when i lived with my friend casey this one from you know my ex-boyfriend bought these you know at home goods whatever so i said to myself to complete the couch purchase i need to buy some nice pillows and i've been looking at I don't know if you want to call them designer pillows or just like fancy pillows yeah. online. And I cannot believe the price of these pillows. I'm talking anywhere from $300 to the cheapest one I found was $145 for like a designer pillow. For one pillow. For one singular pillow. And I know it's like African mud cloth with a, with a beautiful pattern. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means. I cannot stomach spending $145 for one singular pillow. And I need you guys to tell me if this is just me being frugal or if this is what I should expect from interior design moving forward. Listen. Rudy, do you want to go first on yeah, this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a fire take. I, you have, okay. Well, wow. Whoa. Here we go. Well, listen. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. You can't spend that much on one pillow. Come on. Like, I don't care if you're an adult. Like, go to Home Goods and just get, like, a pack of pillows for a hundred bucks. They'll look nice and just roll with that. I don't understand how a one pillow could cost 145 to $300. What is the $300 pillow like? Is it the most comfortable thing you've ever touched in your entire life? Well, I haven't, I haven't touched it. I'm shopping it online, but it's like a large, I mean, they come in, in various fabrics. You have blush velvet. Like I mentioned, there's one that's an African mud cloth pillow that it's just, it's, it's <laughs> nice. What is that? What is that? It's, it's the fabric that is on the outside of the pillow. And you can't just, and I've been to Home Goods. I've been looking, but it's hard to find really well constructed, nice pillows that go with this very specific couch. I don't know. Surety, what do you think? So, Michelle, I know that you like nice things, right? <laughs> so you have a Chesterfield couch. Great for you. It's a nice look. I, I don't doubt it whatsoever. I'm a big pillow guy to begin with, like whether it comes to sleeping pillows or throw pillows. The thing is, it's, it's more about comfort than it is about price. Like you're gonna like you lay on that. I lay on my. I recently bought a couch, like probably I don't know six eight months ago or so, and I lay on the couch all the time. So you need those pillows to be basically like pillows that you would want to sleep on. So for me, if the price, if they are, but the problem is you haven't, you haven't felt these, what do they call African mud pillows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you get a velvet African mud cloth. It's just, it's just various types, various types of fabric. You so I'm picturing listen, just like cloth filled with mud. Yeah. I don't get it. Is it dirty? Is that like supposed to be like yeah. vintage? Is it like, like a waterbed? I just, as I'm saying it out loud, I just hear how ridiculous it sounds for me to be like, you guys, I'm buying a black and white triangle print mud cloth pillow and it's a steal at $245. Listen, that's insane. Yeah, that's the bougiest thing I've yeah, ever heard. That it, it 100% <laughs> is. And I don't, listen, this is, I don't, I'm not surprised whatsoever from you, Michelle, because like I said, I know you have nice taste, but you have to feel the pillow first. You have to know if it's soft, one. And I'm sure you can get a pillow that's just as soft anywhere else for much less money. So for me, it like I would never spend that much money on a pillow because you can find soft, comfortable pillows that you would want to use at like like Freeze Pop said at like Home Goods. And then if yeah. you don't like it, then you can just change them out. Like it's the same way. The same. I don't buy. I don't buy cheap. I don't. I don't buy expensive throw pillows. I don't buy expensive sunglasses for the same reason as I've, one. What if they break or rip? Or and two. What if I don't like them and want to change them out in like six months? Sure. What if you're Tate? What if you? And then you got to try to sell them. And who's going to buy a, a used African mud pillow? <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that are going on here. I would say you got to try them out. Go for comfort. 
And then, you know, if the price is, if, if it, listen, if it's a $100 pillow and you really like it and it's comfortable, sure, but comfort's the, the, the most important thing. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Especially since I can't test drive it. But here's my thing, okay? I don't know if this is something like a, a gene that I'm missing where I don't know about this. And I should probably, instead of asking you to ask my girlfriends who have already designed their like beautiful homes that they, <laughs> that they live in. But yeah, I'd love there, to see Freeze Pops' apartment. I've seen it on a oh Snapchat, and it's not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> it's not ideal. Listen, guys, it's it's a it's a house. Number one, don't disrespect me like oh, that. Number two, there's there's five dudes living here, so we're just trying to make it. Okay. Are there more nice... dudes than throw pillows? Oh, a thousand. I'm I'm sitting on one of the pillows. We have two pillows. This one is shaped like a baseball. Nice. Um, it's a, it's a large baseball pillow. Maybe you so, should yeah. tell Michelle where you got that one. Uh, it was here when I moved in. Oh, nice, okay. nice. Came with the house. I, re- I am, I am interested in the throw pillow to dude ratio there. But I just don't know if there's like, are there decorative pillows that you put on your couch that then you don't you you know what I mean? You put them kind of in a basket to yes. the side of your couch because my thing with this is if if it looks great, I don't like I will not spend $245 on a pillow, but I don't mind spending money on something that I think is nice, but that I will protect and use throughout my life. You know what I mean? Like if it's going to be an investment piece, okay, whatever. But my thing about the pillow is I know a hundred percent that this is going to be something that I spill salsa on. So I can't spend over a hundred dollars for something that I know is just going to get stained up or that I'm afraid to lay my head on. Yeah. Yeah. You got to account for the food spilling and for the drink spilling. That's another reason why I wouldn't spend a lot of money because when you have a pillow on your couch, it inevitably becomes a placemat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I actually use my pillows to like, yeah, like to like sit on to like for extra comfort sometimes. I use mine as a protective layer between my computer and my legs. Yeah, that too. Yep. Yeah, so I don't really yeah. think 245 bucks for that. But but then I wouldn't com- worry about the salsa thing though, because like you said, it's, it's a mud pillow, right? So it's probably already dirty. <laughs> it's just the, the feel and texture of the cloth, you guys. I mean, I'm going to send you guys links. I should I should have sent you the link of this pillow. If you asked prior. me, hey, which one of my friends would have an African mud pillow? You would be my first guess. <laughs> Really? Yes. I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or not. One I'll time, be go ahead. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know who to say my friend would be because I literally have no idea what that is or what it could be. One time, so this I can't believe I'm going to admit this on the podcast, but this is one of the most shameful things about me, and Saruti oh knows this God. to be true. One time, he came in the studio and was like, "Oh, what are you reading?" And I was like, "Oh, Goop." You know, Gwyneth Paltrow's website. Oh, no. And I was like, is this the grossest thing about me? Is that sometimes I read goop <laughs> in yes. my spare time? And I said, I was like, oh, this is all about like getting your aura read and like about sound baths. And there's just things that I'm intrigued by and like the health and wellness realm. Oh, wait. Yes. Because we need to do, you know, this will be another pod, but we need to do a pod about your interest in like, you know, they're like, re- like, what is it? Um, Psychics, yeah, psychics, astrology, and fortune tellers, and all that stuff. Like you're all into that stuff, and I had don't. You should have a psychic all. on the pod. We should do that. Wow. We should have a psychic on the pod. And by the way, this I'm going to try to just debunk the whole thing. Well, this is a deep tease <laughs> to the psychic pod that we will absolutely do. But I saw a world-renowned gypsy oh, in Connecticut, and she mentioned <laughs> Steve to me. She mentioned Saruti to me, and she was dead on with what she said. Hey, didn't she say I was like a hero or something? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's take it back or not. She did not say, okay, so I'll just tell the story now, I guess. And, you know, we, we won't have to deep tease to it. But uh, I will tell you other things that she revealed about my life that were true. But she says to me, she looks me, you know, 
into my eyes and she goes, who's Steve? And I was like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, do I know That's Steve? Awesome. And I go, oh, I work with a guy named Steve. He's like one of my best friends at work. We're really close. And she goes, Steve is trustworthy. Mm. Steve is someone that you need to keep in your inner circle because he's got your back yep. and he can, you can trust him. And then proceeded to say conversely that there was a snake in our midst at work and and that I should trust Steve, what mm-hmm. Steve had to say and not this person. And obviously I trusted Steve and he, the gypsy was right. I don't think we ever figured out who uh, the snake was. Uh, we yeah, had, who was the snake? Well, I'm not going to reveal it on the podcast, but Steve, remember we had our guesses. Uh, I, don't, I know who the guess, I don't think there was like a definitive answer though. But shortly after, they, the, I think I know who it was. Yeah. Well, shortly after this, the the psychic told me that this person was spreading rumors and BS about us and the show, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And literally, like two days later, Rosillo came in and was like, "You won't believe what what I heard this person said about the show." And we were like, oh, "The gypsy foretold it." <laughs> I mean, I need to. I want to have a gypsy on just because I feel like I can just. I can undermine everything that they say. Okay. It's so easy to do it. So we need to do this. Well, I am 100% in. I will start doing my research. I will pay for this. I'm going to make sure that it's a really, really good one. Because I don't know if they can read you over the phone. Because, like, the one... one can. The psychic... (laughs) Well, the psychic... You can have the Connecticut one come to studio in Bristol and sit in there with Saruti and just go back and forth. I would do that. Well, for this one um, in particular, you had to do tarot cards with it. So she reads your energy and she reads mm. the vibes and angels around you. And you have mm-hmm. to do the, you have to cut the tarot cards and she reads the cards that you pull from the pile. So Basically, obviously, it's just luck, right? That's what it is. No, I mean she told me it's like playing Monopoly. It is not. She <laughs> very definitively told me that I was leaving ESPN and that I was moving west. And I said, I'm not. That is incorrect. And here I am sitting in St. Louis, Missouri, having left ESPN and moved west. She told me to trust you and not this other person, which obviously I did. She asked me, who do I know from Vermont that's going to California? Hello, Rosillo. There were several things that she really, really, really nailed Mm. that at the time I was like, "Mm, suspect. I don't know if I believe this. And then they all came to fruition. And, and then you looked over her shoulder and you're like, what is that on your TV? And she it had ESPN News on and she was like, oh, nothing. And then she turned it off. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I don't think this woman who was um, telling my fortune while vaping in a back room <laughs> was a huge fan of ESPN News. But maybe I'm wrong. Okay, but just to bring the pillow thing full circle, I, I thought of something and I need your opinion on it. If it was not a decorative couch pillow, would you spend 200 plus on a pillow that you sleep on every night? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I would, too. Because so that's important. different. That is different. Yeah, one of the best gifts I ever got, actually, was from an ex-boyfriend. He got me a Tempur-Pedic pillow for Christmas one year. Shout out to you. You know who you are. And I still use that bad boy all the time, every day. It's one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. Yeah, and you could buy cheap pillows, but like they last a month. And then you're like, oh, wow, I shouldn't have spent 40 bucks on this cheap pillow that's now flat. Yeah, and you spend yeah. up to eight hours a day in your bed sleeping. Yeah. I mean, a pillow is crucial. I'm a, big, I'm a big double pillow guy, too, though. I, I sleep on two Yeah, pillows. I need two. I need two really nice pillows. And One, I, when yeah. I bought my bed, they gave me two nice pillows with the bed. <laughs> and uh, it was it was great. It was it, probably the best freebie I've ever got. I mean, how nice could they really be if they kicked him in on the side, Tom? Speaking I'm of telling pillows, you, Michelle, they're really nice. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What would you think if I got a pregnancy pillow? 
because I kind of want one. I oh, like a body pillow. Yeah. I okay. Want one. So as a friend, yeah, those things are fire. They're awesome. As I a friend who so has bad. a lot of friends who have pregnancy pillows that are just like left errant on the couch for me to then intertwine my body on, I support this decision fully. Because yeah, I, you gotta yeah, do that. I, I, am honestly, they're kind of expensive, but it's probably worth it. Like it'll be the best night of sleep in my of my life every single night. I my just, fiance might not yeah. be fine. I was gonna say I don't know how mad at your fiance <laughs> or Mumford, your dog, who I think also sometimes is in the bed with you guys. If, the if there would be room in there for the pregnancy mm, pillow, a good I mean, they might have to get kicked out. <laughs> oh, Got two bedrooms I, I now, read, so what's up? I, I read a study recently that if you sleep with your dog, you get worse sleep. Um, oh. interesting. I mean, he definitely takes up yeah, most of the bed. It wakes you up most of the night. It takes up most of the, like the bed. It's kicking its leg. You don't mm. even know it, but it's, it's affecting you know your sleep, Rudy. Tom, I read an article that said that people who sleep with their dogs are the happiest people on earth. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm well, just saying, dude. Well, a gypsy told me that. No, oh, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Give me a gypsy. Um, actually, I also need to find out if gypsy is an offensive term, if we should say psychic or if gypsy. I don't really know how that works. No, but I like saying gypsy so much. I know, me too, but I hope we didn't just offend an I'm entire even, profession. Yeah, We're not trying to offend anybody, but I just love saying gypsy. Me too. It's yeah, the Borat effect. I kind of want to be a gypsy. You you kind of are the, with the way you brought your hair and just sporadically live your life sometimes. Yeah, I'm like vaguely Mediterranean. I don't know. <laughs> Vaguely Mediterranean. Okay, well, we had all these other topics, but since we took up the majority of this on pillows, we did do a call to action to people if they had any questions for us for the Post Show Pod Squad. I don't know if we should call ourselves that, whatever. Um, But let's work some of those in because I definitely want to get to those before we get to any other topics if we have time. So are you guys ready for some questions? Fired up. Let's do it. Question number one, can you guys get the gang back together and do a pod with Rosillo and Canel? (laughs) I don't know if we're contractually allowed to, are we? I mean, <laughs> well, like what what's Danny's situation? I think it's possible. I don't think I don't think we wouldn't be allowed to. Um, it would be tough to get everybody on the same page. Everybody's sort of busy. Well, think two things. Think about this, okay? One, tracking down Rosillo is hard enough to do anyway, especially now that he's in Hollywood. I mean, it's it's difficult. Two, Danny Canal not only has like four jobs, he has. Uh, an entire family that he has to account for. So scheduling would be difficult. Also then to think that we would have five people on one line, not in the same room in five different states, that would be very hard to coordinate. Disaster. Disaster. Yeah, we'd need to be on like uh, Google Hangout to see when people are talking and stuff. And I I can't see uh, me figuring that out. I could see Ryan not having really any interest in putting effort into that. Um, not because he do- wouldn't want to or doesn't like us. He just that's just Ryan. Like he's not. Really, yeah. He's got other stuff going on. Danny, I, I feel like would try to do it. Oh, Danny would for sure do it. Yeah. Actually, maybe we should. Maybe we should do it individually. We could get Danny on and then get Ryan on, or or conversely. Who do you think would do it first, and who do you think would be more offended if we had the other one on first? Danny would be offended and would be more likely to be first. But Ryan would also be offended. I think Ryan would be like, oh, you you, you have a podcast? What? Yeah, cool, period. <laughs> the most... No, but, but he, would, he would be a little sad. He definitely would be a little sad. No, I'm totally kidding. Ryan shared the pod. He's the best. We texted about it. Okay, next question. In your opinion, you guys, what is the most underrated TV show? Oof. Hmm. I would say... Because I feel like everybody talks about Breaking Bad. Everybody talks about Game of Thrones. Um, I'm not a Breaking Bad guy. I couldn't finish it. So 
judge me as you wish. Hmm, weird. Um, I love Game of Thrones, but my favorite TV show is Sherlock, uh, which is a BBC show um, with Benedict Cumberbatch. It's the best show on television, I think, and I don't think enough people talk about it. Oh, Sherlock? It's incredible. So basically, and it's weird because it's not, the episodes are like movies. There's like every season, there's like three or four episodes that are an hour and a half long. Hmm. And they're like these wow. awesome old Sherlock Holmes tales. And it's so well done. Cumberbatch is awesome. And actually, I mean, it's it's. I think it's sort of over now. Like there were maybe three or four seasons. There's a couple specials. And it's just it's just great. Every single time it's great. There was a Christmas special that was incredible. For anyone <laughs> who hasn't seen Sherlock, like watch it. It is well worth your time. Oh, interesting. I just finished The Wire. And I know that that's not underrated, but yeah, what? It, yeah. you know, the, the wire. Yeah, the wire, guys. Yeah, but like, wait, that's not that underrated. Is, wait, Tom, no, like I know. The mo- what? People say that's I'm, the tell- ba- I'm telling you, I know it's not underrated, but it ended like a decade ago. And with the golden age of television that's happening right now, I just feel like people sometimes forget about all this really good stuff from the early 2000s. Tom, like, are you? I'm just, are you joking? I, like Lost? I'm going to start watching, I'm gonna start watching The Sopranos. Lost was That's my next show. Wait, you... Oh, so. hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. There's so much to unpack here. One, you think that The Wire is underrated where it's universally no, acclaimed as one of the best TV shows to ever be created. the best television show. I yeah. don't think it's underrated. I just finished it this week. It's on my mind. I just think that it's sometimes... You know, it's not thrown in the conversation the way it should be. You... I think it's still... It what conversations still are you having? In the conversation... Because people are all like, oh, watch Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. you got to watch this Netflix show. Oh, you got to watch this thing from Hulu. It's like, well, you know, there are some other good shows that aren't coming out right now that are, you know, that are out of production <laughs> that are really you good. Are saying I have to say, Tom, this is your worst take this ever. This is awful. This is yeah. the worst take I've ever heard. So you got, listen, The Wire is amazing. I just finished it. I know I'm saying mind. it's not amazing. Literally everyone says it's great. Not one person who's ever watched The Wire has walked away going, meh. Or the uh, saying, okay. hey, that's well, underrated. I yeah. I, I just feel like it should be mentioned all the time. There were legitimately books written about the show. <laughs> that ju- one just came out that everyone is reading about the making of The Wire and how fantastic and amazing it was. And you are coming on this podcast saying it's underrated. Yeah, I want to read that book. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, this I'm is uncomfortable. Saying, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I just know think that people love to That's talk like about saying the Beatles are underrated. <laughs> totally. No, the Beatles are overrated. Uh, but that's well, that's fine. That, they're not underrated, day. okay? <laughs> they're not underrated. <laughs> All I'm saying is that, you know, I'm not having conversations about The Wire with people. Everyone wants to talk about other BS shows they're watching. And I just banged out The Wire, and when I mention it to people... That I'm seeing right now in Boston around, and no one else watched it. So, like, I can't really have these conversations with people. So, wow. and it just makes me feel left out. I don't right. know. Michelle, let's let's move this thing out. Yeah. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> so, basically, Tom, and this is the last thing I'll say before I reveal my answer, is that you hang out with either, like, incredibly young children or people who hate TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I mean... It- it did when when the wire was airing. Uh, you know, people my age were you know in like middle school, in like elementary school. So yeah, I mean, it is a little bit out of our age range here. So okay. maybe that's why. Well, my pick is certainly. What if I followed up by you saying, "Yeah, Sopranos underrated." <laughs> um, <laughs> so my pick 
is a show that I loved back in the day and that I thought was cut way too short. And I don't know if either of you guys watched this, um, but it was called How to Make It in America on HBO. Oh, yeah. Had an incredible cast. Brian Greenberg, St. Louis native. What up? Um, oh, here we go. Lake, there was some sort of Lake, No, no, no. Lake Bell. I mean, there were so many good people in it. I remember the open of the of the show was one of the best wow. opens I've ever seen. It was just like still photographs from different boroughs and people that just captured the essence of New York. And it was set to Alla Black's I Need a Dollar. And it was just one of those shows that really captured the vibe of, like, grinding it out and trying to make it in New York. And I just thought it was so good and so well done. And it only lasted two seasons, and it really bummed me out. And I think that was a really underrated show that should have gotten more love. Yeah, I I remember – I have never seen it, but I remember, like, kind of the press about it and people who watched it and said it was good. And then it got canceled, so I just never gave it a shot. Um, But – I do remember people saying that they liked it and they were bummed that it got canceled. You, you guys should you watch guys, it. Do you guys watch Barry? No, but I heard it's great. I do not watch it's Barry. It's really, really, really good. I love Barry. Really, Bill really Hader. good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's what's fantastic. it about? Only eight episodes. Uh, it's about this dude who is a contract killer and he goes to do a job in L.A. and he decides that he wants to become an actor. And I, huh. I kept it vague because I don't want to give away anything okay. else. But it's very, it's very good. Okay, I also have one more quickly to throw oh, in there nice that I don't, I don't know if this is underrated or not, but it's new to me. And when I've asked a lot of people if they've watched it, they said no. But I recently binged Vice Principals, which was oh, oh. fantastic, amazing. Yeah, very good. But I felt yeah, like very funny. It was not as you know talked about as the other dynamic bride vehicle, Eastbound and Down. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it was because of Kenny Powers just so quotable that it was easy to do, but Vice Principals is an awesome show. I think it's because it's so dark that people like didn't come to it with like the mass amounts that they did for the other show. But yeah, it's a very dark comedy. It's very good though. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Vice Principals. Yeah, I'll throw honorable mention the leftovers with with my dude uh, Justin. Thoreau. Oh my god, I was with okay, you when you if binged you're this. Give me crap for the wire. You can't. Get, you got to give dude. Rudy crap for the leftovers. Dude, what do you mean you're gonna? What, nobody talks about the leftovers. Nobody oh, does. I haven't on. watched that, that. Was all dude. over Twitter when it was airing. Dude. Come on, okay. everyone was saying it was no. amazing. No, Come on. it's actually pretty controversial. Not, not there's people who love it and there are people who hate it. I love it. Oh my god, no! I you can't. said the wire, no. Tom. You yeah. said the wire. <laughs> Underrated TV that show. That take the L, bro. Be my full take. That wasn't even going to be my full take, but you guys made it my take. Just because it was even a partial part of your take is enough. <laughs> Just remove yourself from the game. Jay Cutler yourself. Get on the mechanical bike. All right, guys. Listen, the wire is great. <laughs> okay. All right, next one. I get this question a lot, and I think you guys probably do too, and it's really tough, but question is will you guys power rank all of the co-hosts that worked with Rosillo during that stretch <laughs> yeah uh, do you guys get that a wow. lot I get that all the time yeah yeah I mean I think they did didn't they do this with outsider Mike too I think they ranked the, like the summer of Rosillo and he like was solo before that before like um I think before Danny he ranked all of the co-hosts and you know, it ended up being a disaster because that's what Mikey C does. It was funny, but it's sort of a disaster. <laughs> right. But, yeah. I, oh man, can we rank them? We, I don't know so, if we could do that. Here's my answer, and everyone's going to think that this is just a PC answer, but it's impossible to rank them because that stretch was so fun because every day it yeah. was a different vibe, and everybody brought something so different. Like when Adnan came in, it was 
So fun, high energy. You knew we were going to talk movies, and you could go anywhere with Adnan, you know. Or like Willie Cologne comes in, immediate party, and he's just going to yeah. say whatever's on his mind. Or Randy Scott also give you a mixtape. Also give you a mixtape and some sunglasses, <laughs> and immediately we become best friends with Tom. Um, or Randy Scott, you know, it was it was L. Duncan. I mean, Will Kane. There were so many unbelievable personalities that came in every day, and it was just a, a completely different show every day. That was so fun that I think it's impossible to rank them. Or as Tony Larusa likes to say, in my mind, they're all tied for first. Yeah, I don't think I really dis. I mean, I liked all of them. I mean, they were, and you're right. Like they brought, they were, like I enjoyed that it was a different thing every day. Like I enjoyed that Adnan's went, Adnan was Adnan Thursdays were going to be kind of weird and not really, <laughs> like that. You know, everything was going to be kind of off schedule and just kind of whatever, the, whatever was on you know his mind that day. Yeah, we could rank movies. historical dynasties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when Will was in, it would be like, okay, this is going to be like a good show. Like this is going to be a show where we like talk sports. When Willie was in, it was just like, what is happening? This is incredible. There's like. Air- <laughs> Horns going off. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, Willie Scott Cologne was is my good. number one. Yeah, we, Obviously. We know Tom. Yeah, that, that's my dude. I mean, we just connected on a different level. Uh, I think we really only ended up working together three or four times, but, like, that's my guy. Like, I, he's easily my number one. Uh, I'll go uh, Randy Scott to Adnan three, Will four, uh, Will Reeve five, Doug Kazarian six. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I, these rankings mean nothing. I'm just saying. I was going to say, you left, and you left out so many people that were there far more than Doug Kazarian. Shouts out to Doug, though. Shouts to Doug, though. Doug, what, keep the betting stuff going. Mind. The real DK, Doug Kazarian. The real, that's right, the real DK, the original ESPN DK. Yeah, that was that was a fun stretch there, though. It was, it was really different every day, and it was fun for the three of us to kind of cultivate topics and, you know, different music or different bits that we were going to do. Like, one of my favorite days is when we unearthed Randy Scott's hidden comedy career. Yes. I could see that. I I mean, he was a stand-up comic. Like, I could see that. He's funny. He's hilarious. How how about the Darren Ravel day? Darren Ravel day was incredible. That was one of my favorite days. Incredible. I mean, we had the Barshall day. We had Chris Long day. SVP came in. I mean, there was so there were so many. We'd have to really cultivate an entire list of everyone that came in during that time if we were actually going to power rank them. Yeah, that's, it was yeah, fun. that's, it was that's really, quite really the undertaking. Fun. We'll we'll get on that. Yeah, no one has time for that. <laughs> Except yeah, get a, get a PA on that, Sarudi. Mm. Yeah, I'll get Bubba on it. <laughs> well, before we wrap this up, did you guys have any questions that you wanted to throw out there? Uh, yeah, I had one that I think we could bang out quick. Uh, it says, who in sports do you like to see lose the most? Uh, I mean, we could just go around the bend real quick, Michelle. I mean, you guys probably can guess this pretty easily, but I have a great day every time the L.A. Rams lose. <laughs> yeah, uh, we know. Uh, <laughs> and Saruti? Mine's pretty much just Boston teams. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, Tom. I saw that coming. I don't even know if it's, it's okay. you or if it, what it is. It's it's you're just so obnoxious about everything. Like, but it, and then you got like Portnoy thinking he's like part of the Celtics organization doing halftime press conferences. You're like, all right, dude, like figure it out. And I know Portnoy is a, like a mogul now. I'm not taking shots at Portnoy. Just like, okay, like cool. Like you guys, you guys got a good thing going here. Congrats. Can, can I also throw? Where you came from. Can I throw one other one in for Saruti? Syracuse. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Saruti enjoys when Syracuse <laughs> loses. I, as someone that works with him very closely, anytime Syracuse was taken down, I could just see the glimmer of happiness in his eye. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, their turnover. Derek Houston in the, in the media field is great. Like, because yeah. everyone, like, if you're working in media, you're bound to be working with a Syracuse grad. So it's like fun to root against them. I, I, I feel that. Uh, mine's LeBron. I no, mean, no. I don't really want to get too much into it because you guys are both LeBron lovers. So, I mean, I just love seeing the guy lose. He, he's broken my team's heart so many times. So, uh, really, really enjoy when he loses. And I, I, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm really enjoying this Eastern Conference Finals so far. I'm yeah, sure it's not you over are. yet, dude. Not over yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's going pretty well so far. The thing is, I actually wish I like the Celtics team. Like, I like who they have. I just can't root for them because of the fan base. That's pretty much it. <laughs> well, I am a de facto Celtics fan because of Jason Tatum. Um, yeah. But I also love a capital L LeBron. And so this has been an emotional conundrum for me. And I just think, Tom, you might want to take your gloating down a notch because, as you've seen before, uh, LeBron can come back and do anything. Free so, stops. you still listen. Celtics in seven? Uh, no, I'm Celtics in four now. I, oh. I, oh, wow. Of okay. course. I amended, course. I amended, I amended my pick. Uh, good, good. No, but listen, Michelle. No, in all honesty, and I don't know. I don't want to make this a Celtics like conversation too much. But you but, really do. Like, you really do, though. No, I mean just just to quickly just get this out there. Like, look, I'm, I'm enjoying what's happening right now, but I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I feel like it's good to proceed with cautious optimism right now because LeBron is LeBron, and you know, I was there Game Six, 2012, when he dropped 46 and literally shut the window on that big three error. So, like, I've seen him do this before. So, yeah, I'm still very, very scared of this man. But, you know, we're enjoying this while it's, while it's going on. We're enjoying the Geno time. Awesome. So. Well, you guys, thanks so much for popping on and doing this again. It's always so fun to talk to you. Um, two weeks, gypsy time? Yes. <laughs> Line it up. I'm ready. So, Rudy, if I can get Rudy her the gypsy. to come to ESPN, will you get her a day pass? <laughs> that would be amazing. And can we live stream it? I will literally Venmo her the money. She's really good. I know a ton of people from ESPN who have gone to her. If I can get her in, can, is that something that you can make I'm happen? I'm down. I'm down. I don't know if she'll do it over the phone because of the tarot card um, situation, but yeah. I will find out. It's cool. It's what the Google's for. She'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, she's Did gonna- you guys see that the... Did you? Oh, I'm sorry. I I, I ruined the end there. I, I I just saw that the Browns were named the uh, the Hard Knocks team. Oh, I thought yeah. it was interesting. Wow. Way to be three hours <laughs> late on that time. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Thanks for that breaking wow, news sorry. bulletin. I just, I just ruined the end of the podcast. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but that's why we love you, Tom. <laughs> I'm sorry. You should be, Tom. Anyway, with that, let's officially wrap up the pod. Thank you to everyone for listening. Again, please head to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review, tweet us, let us know what you like, let us know what you want us to talk about the next time we all get together. And until next time, see you later. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.